Hi, and welcome to Cause Pods. I'm your host, Matthew Passy. Here at Cause Pods, we have one simple mission to highlight the amazing folks who are using podcasts as a way to raise awareness for good causes. Whether it's a nonprofit they work with, a charity they support, a social justice campaign they're championing, a medical condition they're battling, or someone who's just looking to make a positive impact on their local community, state, country, or the world. These are podcasters with a positive mission. Along with raising awareness for our guests' favorite cause, we're also going to see if we can raise some money to support their efforts. So make sure you check out the show notes for each episode at causepods.org to learn more about what they're doing and how to help them achieve their goals. Joining us today on Cause Pods is Carolyn Keel. She's the host and the creator of the Beyond Six Second Podcast. They share extraordinary stories from everyday people, people who are inspiring in their life, they're creative, their triumphs, their struggles. It's a fantastic show, and we are excited to have Carolyn here with us today. Carolyn, thank you so much for joining us here on Cause Pods. Thanks, Matthew. I'm really excited to be here today. So to start off, let's go right back to the beginning. What made you want to launch this podcast, and what was the inspiration for Beyond Six Seconds? Let's see. So I would say at the end of 2017, I was looking for a new creative project for myself to do as a hobby. And at the same time, I was active on social media, particularly on LinkedIn, and had a lot of friends who had really incredible stories once I got to talk with them and message with them. But they were things that really weren't coming across as obviously on their social media. So literally, you would have to talk with them and get to know them to understand some of the great challenges, amazing challenges they've overcome, um, some of the great things that they've done to achieve their goals and really build wonderful things in the world. So I had the idea that I wanted to help bring the stories of, at that time, my, my friends and connections to the world. And I thought that podcasting would be a great platform for that. So I asked a couple friends uh, if they wouldn't mind if I would interview them. And I tried out uh, doing a podcast and it launched in January 2018. And the rest is history. I've interviewed beyond my friend circle and had a lot of many wonderful people sharing their stories on my podcast. So, you know, you, you just talked about what sort of led you to start this, but how has it evolved? How has it changed? You know, what has, like, has your mission changed at all in this podcast since you began it about a year ago? Um, I would say a little bit. So one of the thoughts that I was having when I first started was that I wanted to help showcase people to one, help them share their stories, but two, to help them either achieve certain goals. Like a lot of my friends were looking for work and jobs at that time. So I was hoping to kind of showcase them to potential employers or, or whatever types of opportunities they were looking for. But it's really grown much broader than that. So that is still part of my mission, but really it's expanded to include anybody who has an amazing story that you know, maybe they haven't had a chance to share publicly very much at this point. So, and it's really started focusing more on helping people or showcasing people who have overcome really big challenges. So I've had people on the show, you know, it's everything from people who have overcome kind of crummy jobs that were bad fits for them, all the way to people who have overcome illness and injury and, um, you know, family members who were struggling and things like that. So it's I've really built it now as a platform for people to really share what they've accomplished and what it was really like to go through some of these challenges. And I try to keep it real because there's a lot of sort of inspirational things. So I don't, you know, I don't shine it up. I don't make it look, you know, look like any of this was easy. I think my guests are very honest about, yes, this is what I faced and this is what I did. And 
you know, this is where I am now. So I appreciate the honest sharing that happens on my podcast. Well, and so you start with your friends and the people that you know, and then you expand beyond that. How are you finding folks to talk to? Where are these, you know, guests, where are these stories coming from? How are they how are they finding their way to you? A couple different ways. So as I mentioned, I started with my friends and then some of my friends actually who have been on the show started referring potential guests to me and my listeners started referring potential guests to me as well. So they'd say, you know, I heard you so-and-so speak on your podcast. You know, I know this other person who has an incredible story. You should reach out to them. And I also reach out to people who I see online who maybe share a little bit of their story in, say, maybe a short posting. And I want to learn more about it. I think it might be a good fit for the show. So I will reach out to people as well. Usually I message them on social media and often they say yes. So I've had a really great roster of guests build up. So it's a combination of reaching out to people on social media and having them reach out to me too. And so how does this relate to what you do in your everyday life? You know, what, like, why take on this podcast or did you just have a passion for these stories, these people, and, and you just, it didn't matter what else you're doing during the day, you were going to do this anyway. Well, this is, you know, it is a hobby. It's separate from my day job, but my day job is that I work in training and development for a large fortune 500 telecom company. So in some ways it is sort of related because part of training is helping people really understand and and use and apply some of their skills and some of their talents. So I'm very interested in talent development as a field. I really like it when people show personal growth and talk about how they learn. So I would say all of my guests talk about their learning experience, whether they call it out as something like that or not. So that's sort of what I think inspired me to start a podcast on this particular topic. And again, I, you know, I'm a, a creative person. I wanted, you know, sort of a, a small project for myself. And I wanted to try podcasting because, you know, one of my other hobbies that I've had is that I'm a musician. So I knew a little bit about recording equipment, microphones. So I said, well, you know, I think I could try this. I think I could use that still and expand it a little bit to, to spoken word and to podcasting. So kind of a combination of things. And I, I definitely want to get to a little bit more about the specific choice of podcasting since we are cause pods focusing on you know people who use podcasting for a cause but i, I want to go back to something you just said about you know the development piece and and what you've learned and the lessons what what are some of the big takeaways you know the the like are there any consistent takeaways from all of your guests you know a few universal lessons that we can all learn from the folks who you know appear on the beyond six seconds podcast and and maybe some of the parallels that you see in your development world? Sure. I think one of the biggest takeaways is that leadership exists at in all different shapes and sizes and forms. So when I think of leadership or when I read about leadership, sometimes you know we have this image of what a leader is. So maybe it's someone who's really super outgoing or super dominant or really loud and sort of rallies people. And that certainly is one type of leadership. But one thing I've learned from talking with people on the podcast is that I would consider all of them leaders, whether or not they would describe themselves that way, because they faced a problem and they found a solution for it. So even if that's a problem of something that they're overcoming in their own lives, or if it's a problem uh, with a business, it's something that they've 
approached and and really tried different solutions for. And you know, it's everybody is uh, comes from a variety of backgrounds on the podcast, um, has a variety of you know talents and preferences and temperaments, but still they're able to achieve their goals or work closely to achieve their goals and tell the story of how they've done that. So for me, it really helped me, and I think also helped my audience expand their understanding of what a leader really is. And hopefully it helps people think that, well, you know, I really am a leader too, if they're thinking about themselves and maybe think about, well, what kind of traits am I seeing in the guests that are interviewed that are also within me? And, you know, if the guests have done, they've achieved their goals, despite, you know, it not being easy, despite challenges, maybe that's something that I can take on too. So it's a a bit of an inspiration in that way as well. Well, and, and a word that I kind of heard you mention a few times in there, and I, I've heard it a lot of times in my day-to-day life, and I probably need to get better about it, but you, you mentioned the word goals so many times. How important are goals really to being a successful leader, but also just in our, our day-to-day life, you know, having success in what we want to do? It's interesting. Goals are a tricky thing. I know, you know, I speak to a lot of people who say, you know, it's really important to have specific goals so that you know um, where to aim and where to drive towards. And I do talk about people, the people that I talk with on the show saying that they have achieved goals by overcoming challenges and we talk about their journey towards their goal. But in some way, the the thing about goals is that once you have you once you've achieved them, it's like, okay, what's next? So in some ways, it's helpful to also kind of have a general idea and direction of the types of things that you want to achieve. So in some ways, it's really helpful to have that, not necessarily have it all like defined ahead of time and and being really rigid in terms of like, this is the specific thing that I want to learn or that I want to accomplish. Because sometimes you start moving towards one very specific goal and your path changes, or you have new experiences that you never thought that you would have on the way. And maybe your goal shifts a little bit. So I tend to sort of move in a a general direction and not necessarily stick towards a very, very specific goal because I, um, you know, I found for myself and for the people that I interview that it's really helpful to kind of keep it a little bit open so that you open yourself up to new experiences that maybe you're not anticipating when you're starting out and first formulating your goal. Interesting. So now I do want to get back to, you talked about why you started to work on the podcast. You had a background in music and music production. And so it seemed like a very natural parallel beyond what your skill set was. Was there a reason why you thought podcasting was going to be the most effective way, the most effective medium for this type of messaging, for these type of stories? You know, it's interesting. When I first started out, I don't think I thought about it that deeply. I started out thinking that it might be the most effective way because I thought that personally I could probably stick to it better. Because honestly, I had tried blogging, which is a really great way to get your message out. But for me, I just, you know, I would get writer's block. I would write for a couple of days and then stop. So I was kind of you know, frustrated with myself that I couldn't get moving with the blogging. But I thought, you know, it might be kind of fun to do a podcast and do an interview show. You know, if obviously, if there's someone else that you're scheduled with, it, it's a bit of a accountability partner in that way is that, you know, once I have someone uh, scheduled to interview and then I've got their episode, there's that added incentive for me to say, okay, I really care about getting the story out. So I will, you know, kind of finish this up, edit it and, and record it and put it out to the world. But I found since I started that podcasting is really kind of an intimate medium and that you really are in people's ear. 
So, you know, even with the rise of, of video and the continued importance of blogging and the written word for like search engine optimization and getting your message out and all that, there's something about podcasting and hearing somebody tell their story in their own words and in their own voice that's really powerful. And I've certainly found that with many of my episodes that, you know, the real emotion comes through when I talk with people and they share their real and raw and honest stories. And I think it's just a really powerful way to communicate and get a message across. So again, you have this background in music production, which probably lends itself and, and makes it a little bit easier to understand how to record a good podcast, edit a good podcast. But I wonder as far as some of the other more technical aspects of podcasting, setting up hosting, getting listed on directories, marketing, you know, were there any resources that were invaluable to you as you were taking this journey? Were you self-taught? Did you get help? Like, how did you go about really getting yourself to a place where you're a year in, you know, 40 plus episodes of a podcast and, and seemingly doing very well? Gosh, I would say it's a combination of things. So the great thing about podcasting is, one, there are a lot of resources out there that you can teach yourself on almost any aspect of podcasting, whether it's hosting or your audio setup or, you know, how to get posted on iTunes, all the way to, you know, number two is that there's also many podcasters out there who are very willing to answer questions and share their experiences with uh, with new podcast hosts. So I really did a combination of the two. I, you know, I looked at YouTube videos on, you know, like unboxing videos of microphones because I had to buy some equipment and I read reviews of products. There's a website called Podcast Insights that has really great guides for audio and hosting that are really accessible and they were very helpful for me to read. Um, I also had some conversations with people who I know I knew personally who had tried out podcasting or had successful podcasts just to ask them questions that I couldn't find the answers to online. So they've been incredibly helpful to me as well. I want to give a shout out to uh, Jed Lee. He's the host of Reading With Your Kids. And he was probably the first podcaster I ever talked to when I was first thinking about this. And he was great for answering questions uh, that you know I really needed a, a true opinion on of someone who had gone through and really used uh, podcasting equipment before. So, you know, if anyone's thinking about starting a podcast and is feeling intimidated, there's a wealth of resources, both written and video, and there's people who are willing to help as well. Excellent. Yeah, I was, I was going to ask you, what advice do you have for other podcasters getting started? I mean, that's some, that's some great advice. I guess the better question then, since again, you have this background in production, which helped a little bit, you have, you know, great resources that you found, you got some assistance doing that. What's your advice for someone, especially in this space, in the cause-based space, we're not doing this to make money, we're not doing this for our own, uh, you know, for to promote our business, that we're not necessarily going to be getting a lot of revenue from it and therefore investing in it. So what are some tricks and tips to, you know, ensure that you stay with this project and grow it, you know, possibly on a smaller, you know, budget, so to speak. Yeah, I would say one of the challenges of podcasting, particularly if it's something that really starts to gain momentum, is that it can kind of take over your whole life if you let it. So as you know, Matthew was a podcast host. It takes a lot of time. It's not just about recording interviews and and posting sound files. Oh, only. If only. 
I know that it. it would be super easy. You know, there's there's editing, there's marketing, there's all that. So I would say, you know, be vigilant about your time. So it may make sense to book only specific times, you know, a couple times a week when you do interviews or a couple other times a week when you are dedicated to editing, because otherwise, literally, it will kind of take over your whole life if you, you know, once you gain momentum. And that I think will help you pace yourself. Two, I would say just to get kind of get into a rhythm of creating content on a regular basis. So I know a lot of the recommendations I read is that, you know, weekly content is great. You know, I know some people who do daily content. Don't ask me how they have time to do that. But really, you know, don't feel pressured to do a daily show or a, even a weekly show if it really doesn't fit in your schedule. But I would say do put out content on a regular basis. So if that's, you know, if that's every two weeks or, you know, every month, you know, that's fine. As long as your listeners know kind of when to expect, you kind of set that expectation about, all right, this, you know, on the 15th day of the month, there's going to be a new episode dropping at the around the same time. So it'll help build and keep your audience consistent and help them understand and expect when your next episodes are going to come out. So that's some advice I would have. And then what's just, you know, this is good for our cause potters or for any podcaster. What's been, you know, in your opinion, the most effective way to get the word out there about the podcast? Mm, I mean, for me, I use a lot of social media. So, you know, that that's something that I want to get a, a little bit even better at this year because, um, you know, at this point, I'm just sort of posting the uh, the links on my social my different social media platforms. I also started creating I guess what's called audiograms, which are sort of like little videos. Usually they have a static image and then a clip of the show plays over the image. It's kind of a nice teaser that gets people into or intrigued about the show, and it's something you can easily post on your social media so that people can kind of get a sneak preview and then follow on and go listen to your podcast. So any kind of visual element, which is funny, I didn't think about that for podcasting, which is an audio medium, but whether it's, uh, you know, graphics that advertise your guests and talk a little bit about the show or quotes from the show that you that you type up, put in a graphic or these audiograms, they've really helped, you know, capture and people's attention and, and pull in more of an audience in terms of uh, social media. And then too, I recommend going on other people's podcasts. So, you know, you're having me on your podcast and um, it's a really great way to, uh, to get the word out. And if you find other podcasters who have a similar mission or a similar show theme as you, it's a, a great way to help kind of do some cross promotion too. Yeah. I mean, just recently there was a piece on CBS uh, this morning and in CBS News talking about podcasting and how to, you know, get more attention. And they, you know, they pointed out that still one of the big hurdles for all podcasters is, you know, twofold. One, it's getting people to know what a podcast is and know how to listen to it. And then two, it's, you know, convincing those people that do know how to use a podcast to listen to your podcast. And so if you can eliminate that first challenge by targeting, marketing to, speaking to people who are already comfortable with the medium, you're way ahead of the game. So, you know, that's a great point. And I just want to go back. So when you create your visualized audio player, your audiograms, however, everybody has a different way of describing them. What are you using? You know, feel free to plug whoever you like. I've, I've seen a bunch of them out there and I'm just curious what you found to be uh, the easiest one. Sure. So what I'm using is one, I'm using Canva, so canva.com to create the, the, um, the image. The Photoshop for Dummies uh, site. I love it. <laughs> pretty much. It's like drag and drop. It's pretty great. So I've been using that. And then to create the audiogram, I use Headliner. 
which is another free tool. If you type in headliner, it'll, I think it's like the first search result. So you can go in and um, it'll let you add the uh, short audio track and it'll export it into a an mp4 which is a little video file and then um yeah it's it's relatively easy to use so those are the two tools that i've been using to to make the audiograms yeah i mean i, I can't say enough great things about canva and headliner is fantastic if you're looking it up a headliner by spareman is another way to search for it to make sure you found the right place and when you're doing these visualized audio players make sure to throw in your subtitles throw in some text you know, I find that a lot of people scroll through social media, they don't listen, you know, they don't have the volume on. And so it's great to have a, you know, moving image with the bouncing wave and everything. But if there are no words on there, people might not know what you're trying to promote. And, and it also goes back to another point you made, you know, this is a audio medium that we are professing to be a part of that we love being a part of. But audio is not the most search friendly medium out there. It doesn't promote well on social media it doesn't it's not very discoverable through google or things like that so even though you want to be doing audio you still have to focus on text you know as far as putting a good description of your episode putting out good bloggable content so that you can be found and yeah video is great because video is what really attracts eyeballs on social media platforms and, and in various other places so you know it love that you want to do a podcast i'm a big fan of it but that doesn't mean you can ignore the other senses that are important to, uh, you know, having a good, strong digital uh, presence. So with everybody who comes on to cause pods, we like to, you know, because you're doing this for a good cause, because you're not doing this to make money, we like to support something that is important to you. And so you've asked us to take a look at something called She's the First. And you want to just take a, t a second to tell us what She's the First is all about and um, why you're looking to support this organization? Sure. So She's the First is an organization, um, a nonprofit that I discovered a couple of years ago. It's relatively new. I think it started around 2009 or so. And it's an organization that's focused on education for young girls all around the world. So it's something where you can go and, you know, either raise money or give money to sponsor a young girl in different schools or different areas of the world, basically to sponsor them throughout their education. And it's great because they work with a lot of different schools and organizations. They have a really strong vetting process for who they, which schools they accept into the program. And then the money, they help rally people, I would say. So they help rally um, and bring together young girls in the United States to fundraise in a variety of different ways or to adopt or sponsor uh, students within a, a school to help raise money and help support them in their schooling in other parts of the world. And they kind of set up those mentoring and connections as well. But even if you're not a young girl in school, if you're an, an adult and you want to uh, support girls' education all around the world, it's it, you can uh, sponsor a student, which is what I'm doing. I've been uh, sponsoring a young woman in Nepal. Um, in a school there for a couple of years now. And, you know, you have, she's the first, will make that connection for you and they will help you get correspondence from the student once or twice a year so that you can kind of see what they're learning and, you know, kind of get a view of what it's like for them in the school. And then you get uh, news about what is going on all around the world in their programs. So um, I've really enjoyed supporting that cause for the past couple of years on a personal level. It must be so nice. I mean, it's it's great to donate money, donate time to some of these large organizations that you know are fighting the good fight and trying to you know make a positive impact in the world. But it must be so nice to essentially have adopted this specific child and to know exactly what 
her experiences are, what she is learning, the positive impact that you're making for her specifically, and and I'm sure to to a greater extent, even her family and her community. You know, when you give you know one person an opportunity, they they will certainly you know run with it and take advantage of it and bring it back to their greater community. So it must be so nice to just see this direct impact that you're having versus just a you know big headline like oh, I give a lot of money to X organization and they make a difference in the world. But like to know that you really make a difference in someone's world must be so rewarding. Yeah, it really is exciting to be able to see her growth year over year and the the different things that she's into. In some ways, it, it seems like kind of like a, a normal teenager talking about like the subjects she likes and this is what I did in school today. And, and so that's exciting because I know the reality for a lot of girls, you know, children and certainly girls around the world is that some of them never get the opportunity to even go to school. And even something so fundamental and basic about like, you know, staying in school and getting that education, it helps lift not just the girls out of poverty, but their families and their communities because they get out, they then go out and they start businesses or they have uh, skilled trades. So it literally lifts up the entire community and it starts with the girls and getting them into school, which is great. Fantastic. Well, so, Carolyn, before we let you go, just want to get one last piece of advice or one last, you know, what would you tell somebody who's listening to this, who's thinking about launching a podcast to support their favorite cause, their favorite passion project, you know, that might not know what they're doing or or just, you know, needs that gentle push to get started. Any last bit of advice or encouragement you want to give somebody? I would say, you know, go for it. If it's something that you're thinking of, if it's been if it's been in your mind for a any length of time, I would I would say just go for it. You know, there's again plenty of resources out there to help you get started. Just do it step by step so that you don't get overwhelmed. You know, there's no you don't have to rush into it. You don't have to start out with a great big bang. You can start slow and just see where it evolves. But I think that the world really needs more people who are sharing other people's stories and supporting great causes. So I would just say just get started. Perfect. Well, we've been chatting with Carolyn Keel. The podcast is beyond six seconds. You can learn more at beyond six seconds.com and of course you can find the podcast on itunes tune in stitcher all the places where you would find podcasts and we will have a link to her podcast her website and we will have a link as well to this organization she's the first which if my tab didn't close i would tell you it's at she's the first.org carolyn thank you so much for coming on and joining us here on cause pods today great thank you it was great to be here thanks for listening to this episode of cause pods Again, if you've been inspired by the work of our guests, please check out the show notes in your podcast app or at causepods.org. There you will find links to their work and a special donation link to support their favorite efforts. From there, you can also follow and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. And remember, if you have a cause pod and want to join me for an interview, please check out causepods.org and fill out the interview request form. If approved, we'll schedule you for a chat and share the amazing work you're doing with the CausePod audience. Thanks again, and see you next time on CausePods. Pods.